0: To this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday as we start to try to figure out how the hell the Nuggets won and came back from 3 1 again. Uh, they haven't done the full thing, but, but they at least came back in game five. They were down by 15 points in the third quarter once again and still managed to pull this one out because life is hilarious. Michael Porter Jr. hits dagger shots after only taking two throughout the entire game. Everything is hilarious. To break it all down, I brought on two of my favorite people. Uh, Senior writer for Denver Stiffs, Gordon Gross. Director for social media, Jenna Garcia. Uh, Gordon, I'll start with you. How are you? How are you
1: feeling after that game? This was kind of nuts. I feel good. I wasn't feeling that great when they were down 15 in the third, but... Knowing the Nuggets, it was going to get close. Like, that's just how they play. Unless they're down 15, they don't actually, you know, play with urgency. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that Malone is going to finish losing all of his hair again soon. Oh, of course. But, uh, yeah, the the Nuggets are the Nuggets. They're just going to, you know, fuck around and, and wind up, you know, finding a way to win it at the end. So they did well. They pulled that out. Um, and, honestly, thanks in large part to some really – Clutch shooting from guys who hadn't done much shooting that night, and um, a great quarter from Paul Millsap.
0: It was kind of nuts. Like things just kind of it. It felt like the stars really aligned to get them this Game Five win. It didn't really look good in the first half. Uh, Jenna, what was your biggest takeaway for from this game? What did What did you think?
2: Um, I think my biggest takeaway just has to be some of the lineups that we got to see. Uh, I really do, obviously, Paul Millsap did give them a really nice uh, third quarter, but um, I-, I think it had a lot more to do with Jokic, Murray, and MPJ, and Jeremy Grant really running well with each other, and different combinations of who was out there together. You got a good spurt from Monte Morris, too. He got a couple big buckets that I thought he yep, yeah. like he oh, really yeah. went up to the basket confidently, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it was more about the lineups, and I and I'm hoping that I don't I don't mean to sound like to tell Malone like oh I told you so or something, but I'm hoping that Malone sees a no, little bit of that. No, we told him so. That. I mean,
1: <laughs> come on we we we've been telling Malone that for 80 you know, like I guess it's not 80 games yet, but well, it kind of is now with the playoffs. Like it, it's been one of those the Nuggets have a good lineup that they do not use to close games. So it was nice to see, I'm, I agree with you, that it was nice that Paul Millsap had his moment in the third, and it was also nice that he did not play the fourth. That yep. they stayed <laughs> with the the Grant-MPJ-Jokic-Murray look and made that happen.
0: I've been on that for a while, and I, I really yep. do think that, that was that was the thing that sold them to me for this season and going forward, was that that look, that particular counter... Uh, they started using it at the beginning of the year. I thought it looked good, but but there was still something not necessarily clicking. Uh, it started to click, and it was their best lineup tonight. They they the uh, Murray Harris Porter Grant Jokic lineup was plus eight in seven minutes. It really closed that game and really flipped the momentum of this game. And I thought it was a it was a massive storyline for what's going on with this team. They got through the first three quarters but when it came down when it came down to it those five guys being on the floor I thought was the biggest difference in this game it wasn't just one guy either like murray he had he was 9 of 25 tonight he could have shot better uh I thought he was great I actually do think that some of those shots they were just necessary and you kind of have to figure things out jokic some of the shots he had to take just necessary but it was the lineup and how cohesively it worked together on both ends of the floor that really swung this game.
2: Well, and well, here's Ed the thing, Go ahead. Like, here's the thing. both. I don't mean to call out Malone because I, too, did not believe that that lineup was going to be successful at the beginning of the season. Like, sure. I understand where he's coming from that it's such a risk on the defensive end to have MPJ out there because he literally gets blown by every single time. Like, I'm, I'm really, truly, like, I feel like this is not an exaggeration. I could blow by MPJ on defense. Like, he would just stop <laughs> me because possible. his legs are so long. He would just be able to jump in front of me. But, but like, he, anybody in the NBA can blow by, by this guy. So I totally get where Malone's coming from. I just think that it's taken him too long to, like, let go. You know, he's, like, had a really tight leash on this for the whole season and he's given a little a few inches here and there for sure at the beginning of the bubble play mpj was getting a lot more time when he didn't feel like those moments were that important but he also right. proved himself in those moments and proved himself tonight so i do hope that that malone can at least like i'm I'm gonna have to like say too you know because i didn't believe in it either i was anti mpj in that lineup too so um, I guess like That's okay. we told Honestly, that I, too I that dying. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong too, but I just want Malone to be like, I was wrong and like st- start playing MPJ, I, you know? Yeah. Well,
1: and I thought we were past this in the last series where MPJ finally closed the game at, uh, you know, deficiencies and all on defense and they won the game. Right. You know, because they needed him out there for floor spacing. You need him out there to make sure that they can't triple team and just, you know, run dudes all over to stop Murray from doing anything, which is basically what the Clips are doing. They can't really stop Jokic, so they're attacking Jokic's dribble when they can. But when they can't, what they're doing is just, you know, blow through screens and and send two, three guys at Murray and see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter the switch, you always have a bigger guy. And with MPJ on the floor, you don't have the bigger guy. Like him and Grant, honestly, but Grant isn't a... He's not a threat to really drive the basket. In fact, I wish he would stop dribbling at all. He should just, <laughs> just catch and shoot.
0: <laughs> well, um, the the fact that he is at like he he does have some versatility to this game. I think we saw that throughout the year, and and especially in the Utah series when yes. when Grant was actually like he was really good offensively, and, and he had he had some really good moments there. Uh, this quartet in general, the Jokic Murray Porter Grant quartet, I think that. The versatility of the offensive and defensive skill sets with that group really makes it for a unit that can that could rival a lot of different teams. Like if they can go up against the Los Angeles Clippers and as versatile as they are. Like there aren't that many teams that could really take it to the Jokic, Murray, Porter, MPJ line of. Like I think the Lakers might be one of them because they have LeBron and AD Pretty at huge. those positions, but yeah. like but other than that, like I think this team could run with anybody.
1: Well, the interesting thing to me, I what I keep coming back to was, yes, Gary Harris fouled out. But I like that he fouled out, in a way. Um, he is much smaller than the Clippers. Yeah. Um, Gary is point guard sized. I know he's the shooting guard and he's a defensive guy, but he's not a big dude. Jamal Murray is bigger than him. Yeah. So, Gary Harris is out there trying to defend Kawhi Leonard. He's trying to defend Paul George. Like, you know, these guys could be playing the three... You know, maybe the four in some lineups. And he's out there trying to stop them as a guy who is sized like a point guard. Uh, So I like the fact that he took on the challenge. And he's like, yeah, sure, I might use some fouls, but you're not going to get there. And the Clippers went through that drought with him on the floor. uh, Because they did not get to the hoop. They did not get those easy shots. And I I was very impressed by Gary's willingness to do that. I didn't like his last foul. I thought that was dumb. But... Overall, I don't mind the fouls. I don't mind the fouls when you're stopping their offense. I do mind fouls that are just silly jumping into three-point shooters, you know. And Gary didn't make those, uh, so that whole needing a defensive guard because the, the Nuggets really need one, and having Gary Harris back for that is incredibly helpful. It was it was huge for the Utah series. It continues to be huge, even though he is physically overmatched by this Clipper squad. Uh, let's let's go through two. Key factors,
0: I think, in this in this game. The end of game sequence with Porter. Uh the Nuggets had kind of hit a brick wall offensively a, for a couple of minutes there. And Jokic kind of like Murray gestures to Jokic to pass it over to Porter, thinking that he had a little bit more space than he did. Uh Porter catches it and sees Lou Williams in front of him. And imagine the cojones and the gall it takes to. Like you' you've only taken two shots the entire game this is like the game the game is within reach for the opposing team one minute left uh you have a two point advantage I'm pretty sure and he rises up over Lou Williams because that's what he's born and bred to do like he he says he's born to play basketball and hits a massive massive shot uh I felt it was going in the entire way did Jenna did you feel that way when he rose up for that
2: oh I was scared out of my mind. I was so scared. It was a total replay of uh, that Tory Craig layup that he missed in um, game seven against Utah. I was literally like, did we learn nothing, boys? We just did this like a few games ago. It's not that I was terrified. I was truly terrified. I thought he was definitely either not going to get called for the foul or just straight up miss, right? And not get called for the foul. Um, or miss the free throws. And I, I did think it was big, though. I thought it was incredibly... Um, I mean, it just showed the extent of how how competitive this kid is, you know? And, like, he really yeah. genuinely believes that he is the best, you know? And, and it's, it might Which not be showing to, to everybody... Yeah, no, he, it's great. He, we need... I mean, Jamal Murray has that mentality, too. I think Nikola yeah. knows he's pretty good, but I don't know that he... Um, is, I don't know if he, if Nicole is like that level, like where Jamal's at, but MPJ is, is like that. He really does believe that he, and, and I thought it was incredibly big to, for him to hit those two free throws. I think, and anybody criticizing him had he missed one, I think would have been out of line. I, I think that's a really big moment in a really, in a rookie's career, right? For a right. rookie to be facing yeah. that, I would have given him a miss or two. But then yeah, he stepped it, up
0: on the other end too, and 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 it yeah. wasn't it wasn't just the shot; it was the fact that he rotated when the defense was doing some odd stuff at, on that particular possession, where it felt like everybody was matched up with different people than they should have been. <laughs> yes, they were. Uh, yep. and, and Porter has to step up against Avisa Zubac, and the size difference there is not that big, and. Porter has had these times where he's been bodied by some bigger players and I thought that would be another one of those times but Zubac doesn't clear out enough and and he goes up for a kind of a soft dunk and Porter sends it right back and I thought that was just a really impressive move by him uh really shows that that hey he has some capability of doing things defensively too. Gordon was were you more impressed with the shot or the
1: block? Uh probably the block because the shot I I wasn't doubting just because this is what he, this is what he was born to do. Scorer, score. That's yeah. what they do. And there are just some guys that you watch and you're like, nah, it's going in. You know, uh, when Steph turns around when he's already made a 40-foot shot and he's like, it's going in. Like, he okay. doesn't have to watch it go. He just knows it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, and I, Michael Porter Jr. in big moments, he just feels like a big moment guy. He He's going to be crappy on defense for a couple of quarters when he's not locked in. He was locked in on the end possession saying, "Well, if they get past me, we might lose. He's not getting past me." Those are the moments that I want to see from a rookie. He's he hasn't played much. He hasn't played, you know, much in 2 years. And he's never played against competition like this ever. Yeah. You know, I mean, he used to go, you know, head-to-head with Jared Vanderbilt. Okay, well, Jared Vanderbilt uh is not the Clippers.
0: Yeah, he's not getting minutes on the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Clippers are because they're probably the the championship favorites right now.
1: Right. And, and you know, there's a reason that Michael Porter Jr. was the favorite in two or three drafts. They You know, when he came out, they said, well, you know, if he'd been in the last draft or this draft and been healthy, he would have been the number one pick. And there's a reason for that. Uh, so he's never played against guys who can play with him. And it's a new experience. You find out when he goes to the hoop and all of a sudden it doesn't go in because the guy stuffs him or you know he he makes his move to drive to the hoop and somebody just gets in his way. It's never happened to him before. They used to just clear out and let him score. Well, yeah. he's getting used to that now and I, I like that.
2: I genuinely want to see like want to ask him maybe in his exit interview for the year or whatever, but I genuinely want to know like if he ever is like cold shooting, you know, he's not hitting his shot and if it ever Ever crosses his mind like I'm just gonna pass instead of shoot because I don't think it does. I genuinely think he just thinks next shot, next bucket, next bucket. You know, like he doesn't even cross his mind that like oh I'm cold I probably should, and not in a bad way. Not to say that he's like a ball hog. Right. I'm just saying like he's yeah. that confident in his shot that it doesn't ever like hold him back. It doesn't seem like right. it at least to me. Well,
1: that's shooters, man. Shooters shoot. That's that's the the truism that has been you know in the league forever that you get out of a shooting slump by shooting so if i'm cold then i just need to shoot more like uh, no i'm glad that he's able to attack the rim like i like guys to get to the free throw line if they're cold please just see one go in visually yeah. that that helps
2: yeah but gordon you then know, you got you got gary harris out here like i'm cold three months later i'm still cold shooting every shot i know that he but yeah but gary
1: harris is <laughs> not a shooter like that's I love Gary he's my boy but that like it, he was he has made himself into a better shooter but he didn't come out of college like man I'm the best shooter in the world that was that was not his game Yeah Um
0: and so I thought, uh, the, uh the 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 oop that Porter had to Plumlee I thought was I I tweeted yep. this at the uh like during the game and I I more did it as a joke than anything but like Porter passes to Plumlee because Plumlee passes to Porter uh, it's it's true. I think it's it, there's there is some element of truth to that, but it, it it really does show that Porter is a willing participant in whatever the offense is. Oftentimes, yes. he just happens to think that he's the best part of the offense, and he's not often wrong. So, well, I, when he's I,
1: open and they pass him the ball, his job is to shoot it. So, people who yeah. get mad at him for not having extra assists, I'm like, dude, if he passed that ball back to Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray would yell at him later. Like, yeah, as he should. The point is. I was covered, I passed to you, you were open, you better shoot. That's the deal. And so I have no problem with with him wanting to shoot because you watch him on the fast break. You watch him under the basket and he'll he'll toss he'll just toss a little um like underhanded pass to somebody for a dunk because he's he could have taken the shot. He could have gone up for the for the special dunk, but he's like, you know what, this is fine. You're here too, why don't you take this? He's had little moments like that this whole time um, that we've been watching him where he's not as locked in as a me-me-me scorer as you would have maybe thought he was based on his rep. He's not that guy, and people who think he is that guy don't watch enough of this team. His rebounding and his willingness to not need the glory moment is very interesting to me as a rookie who knows his job on the court is to score, and he's still willing to do other things.
0: It's a good sign. It's a really, really good sign. I think that the team has enough things that worked for them well tonight that it can really carry over into next game, that there, there's a lot to talk about with that. Uh, one thing I do want to give credit to, two things, actually. Uh, Paul Millsap, <laughs> first and foremost, he uh, he was really yeah. good tonight. And and it hasn't always been that way. I thought Marcus Morris has outplayed him for most of this series. That moment where Millsap and Marcus Morris were tussling underneath the basket. And Millsap, for the first time, was was probably the first Nugget that was like, okay, hey, we are not going to just back down to you guys. I am going to get up in your grill. Stop elbowing me and doing stupid shit. Uh, I thought that that was a big deal, and I thought it was a big emotional lift for this Nuggets team. Uh, Jenna, did you see the same thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, at first, um, when they were saying, well, Paul Millsap gave them a big lift, I was like... Uh, I don't really see it. Like I felt like it was really coming from all angles, you know? And then I when I went back and rewatched uh that argument between Paul and gosh, was it Morris? It was Morris. Yeah, it was,
1: it was Morris. Morris? Okay. It's kind of a goon. Because
2: well I always get the two uh two of the the defenders on that team mixed up and i just don't watch the clippers like as much you know so oh you're good right <laughs> yeah. if i'm not really playing close attention i can't just you know see it out of the corner of my eye or whatever but i i i rewatched that clip that when they were arguing and then you heard what paul mills set had to say after the game that just they started talking a little bit more and he said they had been talking a lot during the whole series and stuff and i just thought um like that was such a, an old school thing to be like an aspect of a game, I guess. I don't feel like we hear that all that often in right. really good matchups. And I honestly was kind of surprised. Not from the Nuggets anyway. Right. Maybe it's <laughs> just because it's the Nuggets. But I was honestly kind of surprised that like the Lakers actually took them that seriously. Like you have to actually respect another team a little bit to talk trash to them. You know, you're not just talking trash like you don't talk trash to a team that's way beneath you, you know? You talk trash to a team that you feel like you're actually getting the better of the two, of the matchup, but it's actually been pretty tough, right? And so I, well, yeah. I was surprised by that a little bit. Well, and my thing, the
1: the thing about this series is that everyone has talked about this series like the Nuggets are so far below the Clippers. I still think the Clippers are a better team, but Nuggets have certain advantages in the fact that their offense, when flowing, can do more things, weirdly enough, than the Clippers, who pretty much just iso. Like, their their deal yeah. is, we just have talented dudes and we're just going to attack you. Like, we don't really... We don't scheme ourselves open. We don't, you know, have a magic facilitator. You know, there's no Jokic on that team. You know, they, they don't have that kind of um, offensive spark plug. And so right. the Nuggets have this ability you know, to to hang with the Clippers as long as they can get past that stiff Clippers defense. And what I liked about Millsap standing up was, no, that's not happening today. Today, you're not shoving us around. And the Nuggets played the rest of the game like, no, today, you're not shoving us around. We don't really care. And I really liked that um, from a team that, yes, is known more as a finesse team. You know, that's uh, any team that's fronted by Jokic is always going to f- have that rep, even though... Jokic could, you know, break the arms of half the guys on that squad. Like they play more of a Euro style ball, and I,
2: I don't was know. Just I remember ask you do you, if you thought they should they would call our team a football team more than they would call it a basketball team. Right, exactly, and that's they
1: from the flopping stuff. Like, you know, I mean, it's funny because so funny, it's so ridiculous, so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. it's but they, it's
0: unbelievable. I mean, that that this this particular Clippers team makes it a big deal. When Patrick Beverly just completely sold a like he he flopped on Monte Morris of all people. He's gonna get well, fined for it. Yeah. yeah. As as he should. Like it, it's just very it's it really is ironic that the guy playing the heel consistently is the one that always is the one that's complaining. So uh, I right. am I'm, I'm with you guys that, that hey, Patrick Beverly, Marcus Morris, like like the Nuggets have they have more talent in a lot of these places than those two guys.
1: Well, and it just makes me laugh because the West is going to get pretty Eurocentric pretty quick with, you know, um, Jokic and, and Doncic out here, you know, competing for Western Conference Finals every year. Yep. You're going to see a lot of them, and you can whine about flopping, but I'm sorry, it's not a Manu Ginobili thing. Like, they're just really good.
2: Oh, and there's and this And you're going to have to kid. deal with the fact that they're really good. There's this new kid, too, from Israel in this year's draft, and he's fired. I'm looking forward to him playing. He's so good.
1: Yep, he's... He, that's my guy I I'm gonna love watching that kid
2: yeah
0: yeah he 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 should be very good I, I I'm looking forward to being able to talk about this draft but not I yet. just think because I think that that <laughs> like
2: speaks highly of like the the NBA like I don't want to be a league that is or, you know, cover a league that only caters to one group of people, you know? The NBA really sure. do is international at this point, And, like, a lot of other leagues can't say that. The NFL might be big Correct. in the U.S., but it's not that big everywhere else. And same with baseball, you know? Baseball's really struggling here, let alone anywhere else.
0: Right. Sure. Uh- one more thing before we hit a break. Uh I want to give credit to Michael Malone for even though he went back to the Tory Craig, Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap lineup, they found a way to make it work. Uh that five man lineup with Jokic and Mills or Jokic and Murray as well. It was a plus 5 in 5 minutes. Uh I don't think it's great process. I really don't. Uh but it is what it is. Agreed. If that's where he's going to go, then they have to make it work and and the team made it work today.
1: Yep. Well, and they need... To, if they're going to play Millsap minutes, they have to be productive minutes. If you're going to put Craig out there, you have to win the plus-minus. You may not win the... Like, you may not be a great scoring lineup, but I need you guys to to get and keep a lead. And the Nuggets did that tonight. And Malone didn't fall back on his crutch of, but I trust my guys more and put Millsap Beckett at the end. Even though the game was really tight, he didn't yeah. do it. And I was impressed by that. Um, That he gave he gave some extra thought to his rotations and decided to live by the sword, died by the sword. And today he lived by the sword for MPJ.
0: Uh, It can't, can't really say it any better myself. Uh, Let's hit a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about game six. This team is down, but not out. Game six will be on Sunday. We'll see if they can repeat this performance. We'll be right back. and we're back denver stiff show ryan Blackburn here joined today by gordon gross jenna garcia jenna i'll start with you this time uh the nuggets are gonna be in in an interesting spot on sunday where they are going to play again in an elimination game. This will be their second one, fifth in total, in terms of just the first two rounds of the playoffs, which I think is nuts. Um, what do you expect the energy level from this team to be like? Are, can you, do you think they can do the same things that they did today?
2: I think um, just because it is a, an elimination game, I think the Nuggets really do get up for those games. They play their heart out. They, got, they have heart guys, you know? There are players who, like our fourth fourth quarter guys big shot guys those kind of guys have to have heart and the nuggets have a lot of heart they just need more experience to be able to be that guy you know (laughs) they're they're very close right especially like i thought it was big tonight what jamal did um late in that game he hit like five five three-pointers late and or maybe it was five total but most of them came later in that game and um it was just. Yeah, he closed strong. Yeah, he closed really strong. Nikola closed strong too, and I mean, I think that when MPJ said after after the game, he said, you know, oh well, we just followed Jokic and Jamal's lead, and he really did because he closed out well too. You know, he really finished yep. the game well too, and I just thought that that um, that it was I when when MPJ hit that big three pointer. I think it was either beginning of the fourth or end of the third. Uh, that first one that he had hit, right? I think it might be the only three he hit, actually, right?
0: Oh yeah. no, because the the only one that he hit was well, the one with the minute left,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, Mike had one three pointer, so he had another shot then. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, he had a big shot, and um, and I just thought that right at that moment, it was going to be him that they kind of went to because he had the hot hand, but they didn't need to go to him because Jamal got hot too after that, you know, and and I felt like that was the right way for that to happen. You know, he hit a big shot and he was a big part of the, the end of that game, but it was Jamal who's just a step ahead of him as far as uh, you know, experience in the league was the one who was really closing it out for them with sure. obviously with Jokic, it's always Jokic, but I thought it was good that Jamal kind of bounced back from his last couple games.
0: Gordon, I've always been very high on Jamal. I always think that he, he has the capability to do what he's doing on a consistent basis. Uh You and hard. I always argue about this. And I know we always, we always argue it's, 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 it's probably our biggest sticking point. Um, Obviously, his consistency has not been where it needs to be through the first five games, but he did put together a good performance today. His assists have been really high. I think he's
1: kept the turnovers down for the most part, which is good. Is this the turnovers down is actually impressive to me? Like that, the thing with with Jamal, what I didn't like was his handle. Um, he it was too easy for guys like Patrick Beverly to just mess him up. Yeah, like Chris Paul used to just embarrass him when he, in in the first couple years in the league. Yeah. Um. Just pick his pocket all the time, and he would try to drive and get stripped. Drive and get stripped. And he's he's gotten it under control. Jamal is one of those guys. I people keep trying to compare him to Dame, and I. He's just bigger and slower than Dame. Like it's that's not going to be his game. Um. I don't know who you compare him to, because he's He's Jamal. He's Jamal. Like he when he gets hot, he's really hot. Um, when he's not hot, he's figuring out how to do other things, and that's what we needed to see from him. Rather than just shooting them out of the game or disappearing, I need you to figure out how to impact the game without necessarily being the lead scorer. And yeah. that's and and he's he's figuring that out. That he's still working, even when he's working as a decoy. That's fine. If no one else is taking shots in this game, he took them. He didn't make them, but he took them and kept the defense honest, and they they kept plugging away at it. Um, the the Nuggets are one of those teams that I don't know if they're just too young to realize when they're beaten, or what, because they don't quit. They just keep playing and they keep coming at you. Yeah. And they get if you give them a five zero run, if you give them something, the whole team just says, you know what? Yeah, I feel like turning it on now, and they just come after you as a pack, and it's really impressive to watch. And that happened again tonight, where Was they really, they well
0: resilience yeah. is their is their identity i think i think yes. that's probably the key word that i keep using yep. to describe this team because they they do this all the time in the regular season they did it in the playoffs they went down 3-1 twice yep. now
1: and i wish they'd stopped doing that so but yeah. so far
0: so far they are 4-0 when going down 3-1 in a series so i i i can't hate on it too much. I, I would rather them come out really strong, but maybe it's just the, the resilience factor in them. And I don't know if that's Jokic. I don't know if that's Murray. I don't know if it's a collective thing, but it really does feel like this team's identity, Jenna, that it just it just makes sense that they can come back from these things.
2: Well, and you know, I don't want to make this like awkward or anything or or maybe too political in a way, Uh-oh. but... <laughs> but Every immigrant that I know is hella resilient. Like they've nope, had to endure sure. an incredible amount of things and while these guys are yes, immigrants who have lots and lots of money and therefore access to a lot of, you know, things that normal people don't have access to and don't have to worry about things that normal people have to worry about. Um I do think that that is almost built into the the identity of you have to work harder if you want to come from another country and play basketball in the NBA. You have to you have to stand yeah. out way way more. You have to be able to play constantly with players who are most of the time beneath your level and never ever play against players who are really pushing you to continue to grow and then come over to a league and try to make it where players are all at the same level as you, you know. Very very few players come from out of the United States. And obviously it has increased over time as popularity of the NBA has spread. But, but I do think that that has a little bit to do with how resilient this team is. The two leaders on this team aren't from this country.
0: Right. Murray, Murray and Jokic are absolutely representative of that as well. Murray is a guy who from Kitchener, Canada, uh, he, he, kind of grew up off the beaten track and and being a prospect from Canada somebody who always had to continue to fight with guys at, at the AAU stuff and and in that circuit he he went to high school in Canada uh he had to fight for everything that he did it, it it it's very impressive to me what he was able to do from a young age and the resilience that he had there Jokic is another guy that I think makes a lot of sense even though he was a guy who went to the uh, hoop summit in oregon he was skilled he was very dominant in that performance but the the thing that kept coming across was his body and and his and his work ethic and his conditioning and things like that he had to prove that he was an acb mvp before even coming over to the nuggets this uh, in 2015 it was it was yep. really interesting to see and to hear you say that jenna that Those guys in particular, they've had to fight for everything that they have. And and they've been rewarded for it, too.
1: When you look at it, most of the time when you're looking at it, um, how do you make it? Like, Will Barton talks about making it out of Baltimore, you know, and you're trying to provide a way for other guys to feel like they can make it out of Baltimore. And you're looking for a path forward. you know. And you have Jamal Murray, and you're like, cool. So the best Canadian basketball player of all time, uh, we're going with Steve Nash, right? hmm Who's yeah. number two? It's possible Jamal now. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. like, But, you know, you're like, okay, so there's one way in the last 50 years to make it, and that's as one of the great point guards of all time. You know, otherwise, you don't have a lot of Canadian history. There's not a lot of guys who have made it in the NBA. Like, I, they're not yeah. up to two dozen yet, as far as I know. Like, that's just the way that it is. Um, and so when he's carving out a path for himself, when he's envisioning it, it has to all be vision. You know, you have Nicole Jokic, who was a fat, slow, non-jumping, unathletic center. And you're like, okay, cool. So find a guy in the NBA that plays like you. It's you're hard. Looking at, it's impossible. You're looking at early Marc Gasol, basically. <laughs> Early Marc Gasol is the only fat, slow, good play, smart, like, good passing, can't jump center that you've got. Like, you have one guy who who plays like you who's made it. Right. And so you have to have vision. You have to believe in yourself. You have to have this idea that you're coming to a place where the very best basketball players in the world have gathered, and you can hang with them. And if you don't have that self-belief, you're not going to make it. And they both have had it. They've I, I agree with you, Jenna, that they both were like, you know what? This is not a path that a lot of people have walked, but it's a path I'm going to walk. Yeah. And I, I just love that about them. And so when they're down, well and nobody comes back from three one. Okay, but nobody I wasn't supposed to be here anyway. Right. Like what does nobody's done it before mean to me?
2: Right. Yeah.
0: It's right. it's a big it's a big point. Uh Jenna, do you have something
2: well and I was just going to say um MPJ has that storyline in his own in his own journey to where he's at too with his back injury, you know. You know, people right. counted him out. Yeah. And now he's here and he is he's saying like don't count me out anymore. Like I'm trying I'm here. I'm ready to play and you guys keep counting me out. And tonight he said, you know, he I think he quieted that crowd and hopefully in uh, in I thought he did it pretty humbly. I actually thought his post game I had a lot of respect for what he said. I loved his post game conference. He did yep. not back down from what he had said earlier. He said I stand by what I said, but I do understand and and he I I thought he looked really mature. And you all you guys know I do not compliment MPJ that often.
1: I do it's, know that it's, it's like once in a blue moon. Like my God.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, your I'm your biggest kidding.
1: thing with MPJ is that you want him to be a grown up. And. Yeah. He still a lot of times acts like a kid. And yeah. the problem is we we sat a lot of young people in the NBA with a lot of responsibility really early. And the Nuggets have three guys who are, you know, young in their careers who have to now carry a lot of responsibility. So you want a guy who's mature enough to handle that. And yeah. some of the stuff that MPJ says, you're like, is he? But I did love that that he did give that press conference. You know, and said, look, I said what I said, I stand by what I said, but I was told by others that I shouldn't say it in the way that I said it, and I will take their counsel. they yeah. That's what they're here for, that's what they're here to provide with me, thank you for saying that, like, I respect those players, right? you know, and, and I, I accept your counsel on what I did. Also, we won the game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, and also, we won the game, and I played a I played pretty good part in that, so... Um, right, but I did think it was cool that he he did he even called out like Dame specifically, you know, yep. and and recognized that, and he really had no problem with that confrontation. And I think that is what I'm referring to oh, when I doesn't. say yeah. he does not care if he misses a shot; it does not trigger in nope. him like a man. I should just sh- stop shooting because you know he doesn't get down on himself like that. He just literally, yeah. I think, the only gear Supreme he has is shoot again.
1: Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have a fail mechanism. He doesn't have that, oh, God, I missed it. I'm going to miss it next time. He's like, oh, I missed it. Weird. Oh, yeah. I missed it again. The earth must be on its axis. That's fine.
0: Yeah. Like, so, I'll make it next time. So before turning back to game six, I do want to continue this a little bit. Uh, those three guys in particular, Murray, Porter, Jokic, we think they're going to be with the Nuggets for a long time. I think they're going to be with the Nuggets for a long time. I think this is going to be something that, as long as things don't spiral out of control in any way, shape, or form, the Nuggets would like to have those guys together for a long time. Uh,
1: well, the Nuggets don't like to change things, so yeah, obviously
0: they they definitely don't. And it 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 makes a lot of sense to keep the guys that you draft. I think uh, Jen, I'll start well, when with they're you. great.
1: Yeah, keep them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: what have you like? What you've seen from those three players in these playoffs? Do you think the Nuggets should go forward with those three and say, those are the three we're building around and we are going to make this work?
2: Absolutely. I don't think there's any question. I think that Jamal showed you his next gear. Jamal is so, so, so close to like being what he's going to be. For a long time, yeah. you know, he is so close. It's literally like you can almost see it like ha- happening with how much we watch him. I genuinely feel that way. Like there are moments where I'm like, he's like just one more gear, one more tick. And he is going to be like that player that's unstoppable on offense. And then you have yoga who's the mastermind behind the whole thing. That pass that he had early in the game, he just yeah. whipped it from like the top right corner uh, elbow down to the um, opposite um, box or whatever. I think it was to Grant. It yeah, was yeah, so yeah. The, the short
0: corner right there. It was yes. nice. It was really cool. It
2: was so pretty. So nice. Um, yeah. So you have Jokic. There's really no need. And Jokic is such a humble superstar that he does not care that jamal wants to be like the the frontman of this where i right. think it comes into potential problems is once mpj no longer is number 2 like as far as shooting option goes when mpj is officially right. number 1 shooting option i do think the nuggets will have a little bit of an issue there because i think jamal believes that he's the number one shooting option and he very well might be right it's going to be like one of those the Steph Clay and and um well, yeah TV it's one situation. of those things where
1: right you're going to you're going to need Jamal to be okay with being the team leader and not necessarily the team's high scorer yeah and that's and so honestly i think for him i think that's something that he's willing to do because i think in in the perfect future right michael porter junior is your best like, consistent scorer. Yeah. Yeah, you're pure shooter. And then Murray gets it done when he goes volcanic, and then Jokic just does what Jokic thinks. Like, right. those, are, those are the ways that you want it to go, but you need everybody to be okay with it. And right. so you need him to be willing to be Kyle Lowry, basically. Right. That, yes, it's my team, but no, I don't have to score all the time for it to be my team.
2: Well, and here's uh, the thing. I, I would say that Jamal last year i would not have believed that jamal could be that guy to be right, a leader without being the highest scorer but that is a new development of what i've seen from him this year i think he is almost i give him credit right he has proven to be a deeper human being than i thought he was and mm-hmm. um yeah. and i and i think he's a deeper no offense, uh, this might sound bad, but I think he's a deeper human being than MPJ is. I think that Jamal would At rather point, absolutely. be known as the like leader. I would think he would rather have his voice be really loud in that um, huddle on that court and take a backseat to shooting necessarily. You know, Be the guy that has to go off but doesn't have to be the highest score. I really do believe he would actually do that, and I don't think I could have said that about him a year ago. Right now, But I wonder of
1: it's inference. I mean, he took 25 shots tonight and MPJ took three. Like, yeah. they're not exactly competing for number of shots yet. No. Um, but, like, those are the steps you want to see. You want to believe that – because for them to, for this all to work, that's how that has to play out, is mm-hmm. you need those three guys to all understand where they're at in the hierarchy. Like you said, like, you know, Clay, Steph, and KD had to work it out on offense. You're going to need guys to do that, but they won't have the same pedigree you know, at the point that those guys did, yeah. like Steph can step back because he'd already won a title. and He's like, I feel like winning another one. Let's go do that. I'll I'll let Katie shoot some. Mm-hmm. Like that's those those guys could work that out amongst themselves. These guys are going to be really young in their careers trying to pull that off. Um, but I agree with the way you you set it up because the Nuggets then have to find some defenders that make that offense work. They just and do, and work. maybe they have yeah. that already in Harris and Grant. Maybe they have it, but. You can see, like, in this series, it's hard to have Harris defending small forward-sized guys, um, and the Nuggets haven't exactly slowed the Clippers down too much. So it's yeah, still a work and, in progress, but there's there's a future there.
0: There, there. there is a future. I think the Nuggets are going to have to take some time in order to build the rest of their roster around what a Murray-Porter-Jokic group looks like. I think Grant is a part of things. I think Harris is probably part of things, except if you if you deal with some money issues, except if you deal with some That's, contract stuff, which yeah. I think is is pretty scary. Uh, if, if you if you look at this lineup and think, man, I would love to see this starting lineup going forward. Well, you might not be able to if the Nuggets decide that they can't afford Gary Harris. Um, that or could Jeremy be a Grant. problem. Or Jeremy Grant. If you're going to keep Gary Harris,
1: yeah. maybe you can't afford Jeremy Grant. Like Those are decisions that you're going to have to make. Because you probably can't pay all those guys. You can next year, you know. Th- but two years from now, you've got you're going to get pay MPJ a real lot of money to keep him around. So they're going to have to see that
0: out. I think we've seen the drop off between Gary Harris and Tory Craig this series.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, Gary Harris also makes twenty times what Tory Craig makes. Correct. So you probably have to
0: find some sort of happy medium, or you just have to suck it up and pay the dough, uh, yep. because I don't think the Nuggets with this group can get by with Torrey Craig as their starting shooting guard next year or, or a guy that's comparable to that. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this team builds it Uh with regard to the shot selection. I, I think that the ideal shot selection is probably Murray and Porter about the same uh, Jokic taking slightly less and then the role players around them just like all at about the same five or six or seven. Uh, we're gonna see how it looks. We're gonna see like what they decide to ultimately do, but it's gonna be a, really interesting to see those three guys work together. And the the offense is gonna be need to be revamped because Porter is going yes. to be good enough at some point in order to justify having sets run for him, and a lot of them.
1: So he's we'll see. now to justify that.
2: <laughs> I think that I think that Yoget should still take more shots than both the both Murray and MPJ. Not much more, but a few more. I'm just saying that won't happen. I just think that you should be going to Jokic a little bit more because it's more likely to go in. It's just the chances are better. You know? And they also I I don't know. I
0: don't don't know. know. I, I I think there there is something to be said about the way that Murray played in the first round. He's going up against possibly the best perimeter defense. Not of all time because the bulls the few the past bulls exist, but like one of the best perimeter defenses of all time. Uh, if he has another option next to him, and or maybe the defense that he's facing next time isn't as good, then maybe Murray looks a lot better than he has. Uh, I don't know though. Like it's it's hard. Like he, like you guys have said, he is inconsistent with some of those things, and and this series really reflected that. Uh, but Porter, he shoots it pretty efficiently. Like like he's going to get to a point where he's putting up KD-like numbers, maybe slightly yes. less at some point. And that player deserves to take all of the shots that he can. Uh, if Murray gets to a Kyrie level, then he deserves to take all of the shots that he can. Uh, well, it's going to be a tough balance.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly it, is that I think if Malone can accept MPJ's role and how big it's going to be in this team... um then it's really going to be up to Malone, and he might be the perfect guy for this because he is good at being okay with, hey, for this team, we need this lineup. It doesn't, you know, and his guys understand that it. it's more about a matchup than it is about starting or not starting. They're not really, I don't really think that they are petty about that. Um, but Malone might be the perfect guy for that if he can accept MPJ's role. But he... He just needs him to be a trust player. I don't know. I don't know if that's enough like the, for him. My, he's my not going to be as good he on trust defense. You, he doesn't trust you. Yeah, but he's MPJ is not going to be what Malone wants him to be on defense for at least two, maybe three more years.
1: Yeah, but Jamal's not either, and Jamal's his guy. Jamal is not an all-world defender. Jamal's not even probably an above-average defender. Like the thing he's got, Jamal's gotten better about defending bigger guys, but there's a reason that Donovan Mitchell demolished the non gary harris nuggets like that's on jamal too it is um
0: and and they they're, they're going to have to figure that out like like you can't have three weak points on the defensive end and in certain sets I mean you with, can well I mean yeah it's just it's just <laughs> not going to go well most of the time it's uh, going to make malone crazy yeah he's he's going to have to be really patient and that's that's not something i'm necessarily keen on on malone with but It is what it is. Uh, We'll have plenty of time to talk about the long-term ramifications of this group. I look forward to it in the offseason. They've got to try it, though. For now, let's go rapid-fire through Game 6. Let's let's start with this. Uh, Jenna, what is one thing that you are looking for in Game 6 for the Nuggets to win?
2: Hmm. One thing. I think... uh, I think they just really need to be physical. They need to uh, throw different options at this team, be tough. You know, Paul Millsap was that guy for them tonight, but he might not be able Mm -hmm. to be that guy for them in game six.
0: Yeah, it's very possible that they're going to need it from everybody. And Gary Harris is a good candidate there. Uh, Jeremy Grant, I think, despite the fact that he's giving up some size to Kawhi Leonard, I think he has been physical this series and, and has done a pretty good job, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, what about you? I want to
1: see some assists, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I, the Nuggets in the first half had something like five assists or whatever. That was not. That's not how the Nuggets need to play. Michael Porter yeah. Jr. was not wrong about the fact that the Nuggets cannot just run Jokic, Murray pick and roll the whole game and hope to win. So they're gonna need another thing, and some of that's gonna to have to be passing. They were moving guys around at the end of the game, like they're swinging the ball to Millsap for a three. You know, in the second half. Like they the ball moved way more in the second half than did the first half. There's a reason they had what? 15 assists in the second half and five in the first? I want yeah. them to move the ball. They they cannot yeah. beat the clippers, trying to out iso the clippers. That's a terrible idea.
0: Forty four points in the first half, sixty-seven in the second half. Yep. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty tangible difference. I I do definitely agree with you. Uh I I would say that the one thing I'm really looking for is can Porter continue to play at a high level on both ends. And it wasn't perfect on the offensive end. He he hit the shot that he needed to, but the rest of it was like, eh. Uh, defensively, I thought he was very good, and I thought that that, that makes a big, big difference, especially on, on nights like tonight. Um, can he add a little bit more on the offensive end? Because I don't know if Paul Millsap is good for 17 points again on Sunday.
1: Right. They're going to have to figure out who's going to shoot. Like, honestly, I don't think they – it's going to be very hard for them to have the bench shoot, like, you know, 16 shots or whatever. Yeah. And and come out of this okay. They're going to need – if Porter's going to be off the bench again, and he, I assume he will be because they're going to rerun the same starting lineup and maybe just close with Porter again. But yeah. you're going to need to find ways to get him shots. There's no reason for him to play 22 minutes and get three shots. That's That's dumb. You're not utilizing your offense to the extent that you should. Um, if you're going to have a guy who could score like that, you want him to at least try to score.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: okay. Uh, Jenna,
0: what are you looking for uh, from Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray next game?
2: I mean, I think you know that this team doesn't win without those two guys having big nights. Yeah. Like both yeah. Yep. pretty big nights. Um, and it'd be nice if they could get a big night from a third but they definitely have to get it from those two guys. So and I th- and I think Jamal knows that now. Like I think he really right. understands that at this point. Um if anything, he's learned that during this playoff series, like this team, my team actually does need me as much as my big head thinks it does, you know. So <laughs> True. He, true, yeah. true, true. Like and and he's let them down a few times. And I think he's recognized that too. And so I, I know that he knows he needs to have a big game. um, And hopefully Jokic can facilitate that because I think that what one thing that's been missed on this and really not criticized because Jokic has continued to have very good games, but when Jokic is playing his best basketball, he really does make the, the players around him better and game Yes, those last two games where they really, really sucked it up on the court, yeah, that was partially on Jokic because he wasn't facilitating the game at his where the way that he does it best.
1: Well, and that's that's for me. I would prefer them to have a Jokic initiated offense instead of a guard initiated offense. Yeah. I've been that way the whole time Jokic has been here. Nothing is changing, um, but especially against a team that can't actually defend Jokic. Um, I I understand. I liked that he, Murray was willing to shoot tonight, um, even though he was you know being double teamed and had guys coming at him and whatever he said, forget it. You know, I need the the team needs me to shoot, so I'm going to shoot. Mm-hmm. And he did, and I was I was proud of him for that. But Jokic is going to need to set up the offense for him. Jokic can make it easier on Murray to score, and I would like to see that. Um, but that requires again a change in. How the Nuggets initiate their offense, because they keep bringing it up with the guards, they keep initiating it as a guard offense, and against a team that defends as well as the Clippers, I would like them to do it a different way.
2: Well, and don't you think that's what Jokic was upset about in whatever it was like game two of the yep. Utah series, is that he doesn't get to initiate the offense, and he yep. knows that he should be the one initiating the offense?
1: I think that there is a lot of underlying stuff with the Nuggets offense that they had better sort out in the offseason or there is going to be a problem next year. And that's not just an MPJ needs shots thing. That's not just a, you know, Jamal um, probably isn't going to be hot like this for the regular season thing. That's a, the Nuggets fundamentally need to change the way that they have been running their offense this year to accommodate their offense for next year with the guys they have and to better take advantage of their all-star.
0: Yeah, they have enough talent to be the best offense in the NBA and they have to start playing like it. Like I think there's there's a lot of dilly-dallying with Tory Craig as the screener. Uh, yeah, it it just it seems like something is always a little bit amiss. But it, it's still very early in this process. This team is still very young. They have a lot of time to grow. I think they still. It's so need... annoying
1: how young this team is. I, I want know, them all right? to be twenty-seven to thirty <laughs> and killing everyone. <laughs> and instead, will. I've got a rookie Michael Porter Jr. and like Jamal Murray is still young, you know. And like you've got Jokic barely into his prime, you know. It's ridiculous how young this team is.
2: But Jokic is mature well, for how young he is. I would say he's pretty mature. Yeah. Like in the sense that he's not out here doing some of the stuff that MPJ and and Jamal Murray are doing. If you Correct. know what I mean.
1: I do know what you mean. <laughs>
0: uh, Jokic is, he has really grown up in his years in Denver and, and it wasn't always like this. He was more of a, a happy go lucky rookie when he first got here and, He's grown up very quickly since that point, and it's been good for the Nuggets. It's been less fun because I think that the, the happy-go-lucky Nikola Jokic, where everybody was just playing joyful basketball and no defense, was was still very enjoyable. But this is the steps that you have to take to be a really good championship-caliber basketball team, and, and they're starting to take those steps. They're, they're ahead of schedule. It's, it's pretty clear. Uh, we'll see if they can. We'll see if they can close it out. I'm not going to ask you guys for predictions for this upcoming game because I think that would be unfair. I did predict that the Nuggets would win Game Six because I was coerced into it on the DNVR pod.
1: That's okay. I see. <laughs> I love those. No, games. I, well, I mean I. I've already on record that I thought the Nuggets would win this game and they did, and that they mm-hmm. will lose next game, and I hope they don't. Like I want the Nuggets to go out and play Nuggets basketball, play Jokic ball, fight hard, do the Malone things on defense. Play team defense, score, win the game. Let's make it a game seven and have a good time. Well, but wait. It, we'll
2: see. We we all need to admit this on the pod together. I was the only one in the slack who was like, "It ain't over till it's over," and you guys were all bailing on the Nuggets <laughs> like at half. When was that? I didn't bail on anybody's slack. Oh oh Ryan was bailing. He was all oh, I'm well, at. Well, yeah, well Ryan drinking. was drinking. Ryan Ryan was at the I, bar. I had, I
0: had half a beer. Come on now. Like this is a, <laughs> <laughs> I had a celebratory shot after the game because that's what you do when, when the nuggets no, come this back was from before fifteen. Before they were
2: coming back. Three, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Oh it was bad. I said I t- I tweeted it's not looking good, and then it looked great. And that's just who the nuggets <laughs> are. They are extremely We'll tweet that in the resilient. first quarter next
1: time, Ryan. Jeez. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, Ryan, you're, you're absolutely right, Jenna. Do not wait, and it's over. It's not over until it's over.
2: And you know what? It's okay, man, because all that that shows is my age. Because the Nuggets have been doing that to <laughs> me longer than they've been doing it to you. But that is just their game, and I've already learned my lesson. You just have to wait with these guys. <laughs> they always they go. They have a fight in them. That's true. That is true. That one. The it.
1: one thing that I like about the Nuggets that um under and probably the best is that they are not quitters. They do yep. not quit on games. Sometimes they let guys hang around way too long. They make games that they should win into really annoying games. They just don't want to quit
0: playing, dude.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> they they, wanna, that's the same with these series. The quarter, like you, no you could have beaten Utah earlier, and they they dragged it out. They could have won another game in the series already and be up three two, but they didn't yep. do that. Like they like to make these very annoying for me. But they are fighters and they will not quit. And I do appreciate that about these Nuggets.
0: It's been awesome. Uh, Both of you, thanks so much for coming on and making this a really fun pod. This was great. This was a good Nuggets victory. A really like a feel good win. Absolutely. And a hilarious win because despite all of the talking that he did at the end of last game, Michael Porter Jr. hits the big shot and he makes the big defensive play and the nuggets don't win this game without michael porter junior which is hilarious in my opinion and yep. it's going to be great to see this thing going forward i i made a prediction but we have no idea what's going to happen because this is the nuggets and you just never know that's going well, to be not a the he- best oh, of them go ahead. that's what go ahead. i
1: like it's not the best of them this is the nuggets and they're playing great and they're in the second round for the second straight year and it's not the best they're going to be
0: it's not we're going to we're going to see it uh, Jenna, do you have anything before we go?
2: No, I'm just I'm just excited. Like no matter what happens in Game Six or Game Seven, if we have a Game Seven, um, I don't think Nuggets fans should walk away from this season anything but pleased. Like yep, this team has done very well in the playoffs, and they have sh- they've proven their resiliency. You know, for a while there, everyone kept saying they were resilient, but I couldn't really fi- figure it out. And now they're really proving how resilient they are in really tough situations. And And I, I think that they've taken a step from last season, even though they took you know Portland to seven games. Even if they are eliminated in six against the Clippers, it, it's a harder team. It's a tougher matchup yep. for them. Sure. Um, and I just think it, it says something that they've gotten this far. And I, I think you walk away with, with the win on the season as a whole because you do get to see a, a, a glimpse into the future of what Nuggets basketball could be.
0: I love it. I love to hear it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stiffs Show. Sunday night, Gordon and Zach are going to record Pickaxe podcast after game six. I'm, I'm making them do it, because even though it's week one of the NFL season as well. You're and a I'm jerk. Sure yep. every, everybody's, everybody's excited about that. It, Thursday night football was a lot of fun, let me tell you. Uh, but we're, we're going to have all the great content. Takeaways from this game will be up probably after this podcast is posted. Uh, just keep, keep an eye out for all of the great Nuggets content that we're doing here at DenverStiffs.com having a great time with it that is going to do it here thank you so much for jenna and gordon for coming on this episode we'll talk to you guys very soon